Cafe. World is full of wonders. Fade Walker. Tea. The Fade Cafe. Sneaky son of a... 3G. The Fade Cafe. Welcome back to the Fade Cafe. Hey, it's been a while. Thank you so much for sticking with us and uh, uh, sticking through all of the things that have been going on in my life and in Fade's life. Uh, I'm Cafe 3G, he, him. And I'm Unifade Walker, also he, him. Yes, thank you very much. And I just want to quickly apologize for how long it's been for us to record a new episode because... I went through a whole health thing recently and I completely lost my voice. I had no voice to record. And I don't know if I still sound a little bit scratchy compared to our last episode, but that's the reason why we've been slightly MIA for, um, well, recently, basically. But my voice is healed enough now and we're back to talk about some Dragon Age stuff. I'm so excited. Yes. (laughs) I'm not going to put all of that on you either, Fade, because I also have been dealing with some health stuff over the last month or so. I have a wicked eye infection that has decided it doesn't want to go away. So it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. The world is great and healthcare in America is uh, no notes. (laughs) It is what it is. Uh, We sympathize. But a lot of things have happened in the last month, so we are going to break down uh, a lot of the things that we have seen. Uh, For example, a very large leak. Well, I say large, but a leak of some upcoming Dragon Age Dreadwolf content dropped about a month ago, and we got a little bit of a look into what the combat is going to look like. Yeah, did you guys see? Like, I thought, um, if I remember correctly, we saw, like, a sword and shield warrior, didn't we? Mm -hmm. The combat really sort of reminds me of, like, and everybody is making this comparison, God of War 2018, where it's it's Mm. a little bit over the shoulder. Um, We see very dynamic uh, 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 acts. Or no, it was a sword and shield. So like seeing the very dynamic like sword combat of like the warrior jumping up and attacking someone. And I'll be honest, it looks sick as hell. (laughs) It really does. I saw I did see some people say that the over the shoulder thing makes them um, not not uncomfortable, but it it gives them sort of like off center feels, Mm -hmm. which is kind of something that, that some players might find difficult to adjust to. But honestly, the sword and shield, I mean, I had a peek. I tried to to be as respectful as possible i know that some people were like it's not fair that it got leaked the devs should be able to release things when they want to when they're happy with the content 100%. and i fully respect that i i completely agree um i had a peek um because i wanted to see um what was being developed and honestly it looks um it's worse some some people hold on i cannot hold a co- i cannot co- contain my thoughts i'm so excited <laughs> so one one thought at a time it looks really good. Some people were speculating that we're going to Weishaupt, though, and that was a Grey Warden. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I feel as though that is definitely going to be a thing. Um, I, we've already kind of known that there was a Grey Warden. Bioware officially released um, the image of a bunch of companions in the game. One of them had the uh, the winged helmet that the um, uh, the Grey Wardens are known to to. to where so we sort of assumed that one of them was going to be a gray warden but we haven't heard anything i think that's really that's going to be really cool because remember where the gray wardens were at the end of uh, uh yeah. of dragon age inquisition they were not in a good place so to see that whoever the person is that goes on to lead the gray wardens at the end of uh, here lies the abyss they probably are well we'll have to see how the 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 order is actually um dealing with this and we also know that dreadwolf is going to be taking place some years after um after inquisition as well i saw some people on twitter being like please 
don't give us another Grey Warden. Like, don't make my my Dreadwolf character a Grey Warden. I, I had a Grey Warden in Origins. Let's do something fresh and different. And then I saw some people being like, do you think it's going to be like Dragon Age 2? Where the character is set and all you can do is customise what they look like. But all in all, I... I, I I, I don't know what to say about that, honestly. We don't have enough information right now. And I'm kind of hoping that we do get all races and all classes and stuff. But speaking of classes, it might not be as simple as that because we also got to look at the skill tree, the potential skill tree that might be coming up in the... Uh, we had a, a community um, update from Bioware as well, and they were talking about designs for the skill tree. So we might be able to just customize our character's appearance and then our class is fully customizable depending on what they do and how they develop the skill tree. And that is incredibly exciting. I am all here for multi-classing. Um, we kind of did a little bit of that in uh, in Dragon Age Origins, a little bit of multi-classing there and a little bit of multi-classing in Dragon Age 2. But it was mostly like subclasses within the the main class. Like there wasn't, you couldn't really, I don't think in any of them you could choose like warrior and then have sneaking skills or, you know, I would love to see that. I don't think that that's probably going to be what, what happens in Dreadwolf, but it would be really, really heckin' cool to see. I am also very interested to see how, um, how they handle the origin character. If it's a Grey Warden, I'm totally fine with it. They're, they're sort of the heart and soul of the, the universe fighting the Blight. So, And we've already theorized that, you know, Dr Dreadwolf is going to be dealing with potentially more than one Blight. Uh, yes. So, as as you and I have talked about uh, at, at length, so it would make sense that the Grey Wardens would be involved. Um, I'd love for that to be a... a player character <laughs> to actually have another Grey Warden player character, but who knows? I know tons of people who would be more than happy. I know tons of Grey Warden advocates who would love to have another Grey Warden. We'll just see. I'm biased because I want to be a stinky Antivan elf. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to be... You know... <laughs> 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 let me be an let me be an Antivan crow, Bioware, you cowards! I want to be a bisexual crow. <laughs> oh, just make my gender Zeverin. Just that's it. That's all I want. <laughs> and also somehow Dorian, <laughs> and somehow Dorian at the same time. Can I please be the love child of Zeverin and Dorian? Thank you very much. Oh, How do I make God. that my entire gender? <laughs> I'm gonna make that my entire personality is just the fusion of those two characters. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, I'm very interested to see how the skill tree is going to develop. We only saw a glimpse of it in production and it's still a concept at the moment. It may change, mm -hmm. but it will be very interesting to see how it develops. It might be different for each class. So like if you have um, like a warrior then um, the skill tree might branch out into the subclasses of warrior. Same with mage. It's not necessarily like this is all the classes all on one tree. So what you could have is um, the ability, like you say, if you're a mage, you can do what I do and multi-class like force mage and and blood mage or you can um multi-class like rift mage and necromancer mm -hmm. and you can like branch out into different things within the the class that you're playing i'm quite sure that they did actually give a description for the the skill tree that um i could possibly pull up um but at the same time i'm very happy just to let it play out and see how it goes i'm very very excited to see how it develops you know what the skill tree actually reminds me of now that i'm getting a better look at it is um see if you say what i think you're gonna say 
Say it. Final Fantasy X's uh, skill grid. Yeah, yeah. That's, the that's sphere like grid. The sphere grid. Yeah, that's. I, but like the updated sphere grid, because in the um, in the older uh, uh, the older sphere grid was kind of unwieldy, and there were a lot of different paths that didn't really go anywhere. But in the new the newer sphere grid in the remaster, this is what this kind of reminds me of, where each class has their own quadrant, and as you and you could just move through each quadrant with reckless that abandon. Is, <laughs> that is exactly what I thought when I saw it as well. When the first thing I I said to myself when I saw it was, "Oh, it's the sphere grid from Final Fantasy X," which is why I think that it might be a case of if you play a warrior, here's all your different subclasses and divisions within the warrior. Mm -hmm. You can branch out into maybe like knight or champion or templar or don't give a fuck going to bash everything with my hammer. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's that's the image that I have in my head. We call that the um, stop hammer time build. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smoosh. I feel like that's, that's a really... Oh my gosh, I kind of really want that now. I feel like right? Final Fantasy X did such amazing things when it came to classes mm. and like multi-classing and having certain classes like optimized in a certain way or certain characters, yeah, had better base, uh, had better base stats at doing a certain thing, but they could all multi-class into, into a bunch of different things. I would love for there to be like a roguish elf who then is multi-classing as a mage as well. Mm. I, I just wonder how... I wonder how lore-wise that would work. <laughs> Obviously, we're I, not going to have any dwarves wielding magic anytime soon, probably. Just when you're saying about lore, there is... A, like, So if you can imagine um, a Dalish elf who picks up the bow and is bow and arrowing quite the thing, doesn't even think about it, and then, boom, comes of age, comes into their magic, suddenly they're a mage that can use a bow and arrow. Yeah. Or, I've always wanted a battle mage. And I don't mean like a knight enchanter. Right. I mean a, a mage whose staff, whose sword maybe has like a staff crystal on the hilt, and you cast using, you know, like so. So like you you can hack and slash with the sword, but then you turn, you rotate your sword, and then use the crystal to like cast. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that that would so cool. be so cool. <laughs> God, that, would that would be, be so amazing. Cool. In the original trailer that they released for, like the, the the full teaser trailer that they released about a year ago for Dreadwolf, there was that one class of person that was doing like a magic arrow thing. So mm. I wonder if that is also, I don't know, that might be kind of a subclass, like an arcane archer or something. The thing that I always keep in mind is that Dragon Age has always been, from the very date of conception, their version of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. And your your rangers can cast spells, your warriors can cast things like... There, there, there are certain um, aspects of Dungeons and Dragons that they might be wanting to pull back in to Dragon Age Dreadwolf. And I would love that. I, I can't wait to see if they bring back the, uh, like, uh, what was it in, in Origins? Like the strength, the dexterity, the constitution um, stats and, and stuff like that. And then I make it so that there's like that. certain stat requirements for, cert for certain classes so that you could just exactly. boost. So every level you boost, you could choose which one you boost. And then based on whatever your stats are, that you can actually multi-classes those types. That'd be cool as hell. And what if 
parts of the skill tree only unlock if your stats are at a certain level. Yeah. So yeah. like you can't just branch out everywhere. You have to like strategic. Oh my god, I'm getting. Oh, that's oh. oh. We're I love it. building characters. I love it. I want it. Give it to me, Bioware. I had this thought uh, while I was playing Final Fantasy XIV. I was like, what if the main character could just be every class? <laughs> yeah, just like switches jobs like in Final Fantasy XIV. Sneezes and he's a warrior. Yeah. Sneezes again and he's a mage. Farts and he's an archer. And then like tickles his balls and he's a bard. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> Bioware, give us what the fans want. And that is... Give us what we want. <laughs> That is, uh, everybody can do everything. <laughs> everyone can do everything. And everyone. <laughs> we're, we're literally fighting ancient gods at this point. We need an upgrade, please. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, not everybody was happy with the leaks and not everybody is happy with the skill tree. A lot of people were criticizing it because they said they didn't want to see it now or they wanted more information or, hey, Bioware, why don't you yes. actually throw us a bone at this point? But like... Ed, you and I are on the exact same page with this. Like Bioware has in the in the past, they were not a good company to work for because of crunch. And they've since at least apparently fixed that within the company and fixed that structural issue. So they're really, really taking their time with this game, which I think is a very good thing. I agree. Like if you compare it to what we got for Inquisition, Inquisition was a great game, but it was incredibly rushed. Mm -hmm. It wasn't finished. Lots of characters didn't get enough backstory. Lots of um, character stories didn't get fully developed. Lots of romance options didn't get fully developed and it's glitchy and buggy as fuck. We yeah. don't want that. We want a game that not only we will enjoy as players, but the devs can be proud of as developers. That's what we want. So, to I mean, I understand why people are like, can you stop doing this, Bioware? Can you, like, give us some, like, actual game footage or updates or something? I understand why they're getting a little bit cranky, but I disagree. I feel like... Let them let them make a game that they're proud of. They probably have a whole load of other obligations as well that's taking over. And 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 with the release of the Netflix show, the the comics and stuff, I just feel like an awful lot of lore and and story and development is being put out there. And we should just let the devs do their work. Just let them do their thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, at the same time, I would also really, really love a remaster of Origins. <laughs> Let's talk about that, because everybody has always said to me, do you think they're going to remaster Origins? And I've always said, no, they're not. However, who was it? Was it was it John or is it Mark? Was it David? So, Which one? David Gator tweeted it because Gator. because and, and he joked about this afterwards. He was like, look, every time I tweet something, it ends up in the news. And well, it happened. He <laughs> tweeted he tweeted that he would love to get a PS5 level remaster of Origins yes. where, you know, they fixed a lot of the graphical issues. They fixed a lot of the character models. That one was a real sticking point because he said uh, he didn't want Morrigan to have, quote, uh, linebacker shoulders. The way that I had read that was uh, that it wasn't about the the actual like that was what she looked like. It was more a matter of like all the characters had really weird clunky oh, movements and everything. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is that was that was how I interpreted that. But I could totally see how other people interpreted it differently. As um, someone who has linebacker shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> We need to it's be careful fine, with fine, our. I'm fine. Yeah, we need to be careful with our language, and we need to be more inclusive with our language. This is this nah, really should go without okay. saying. But the bottom line is, is even if Morrigan had linebacker shoulders, she'd still be fucking stunning. She'd still be absolutely gorgeous. I would still want her to crush me like well and truly. However, I understand 
Can you imagine Zevran and PS5 graphics? Oh my stand god! Up for this. Oh no! Lordy Biscuits, just give me all of that. <laughs> right. Oh, he's so pretty anyway. I'd love to see him. Yeah, with with amazing graphics, that'd be great. I don't think that Bioware is ever going to remaster Dragon Age Origins. If anything, they may so. remake it like from the ground up and it would be a totally different and much more pared back experience. Looking at how extensive the the world is, how extensive the lore is, how much customization went into that game, and it was built on an extremely outdated engine, I really don't think that they are going to look at that and go, we're going to make our money back on that. Because there's so much in Origins. Like, you just just think about the base game yeah. plus all the DLC that, that came out. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. It would be absolutely lovely, and I will absolutely support and yell about it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, we got the Mass Effect Trilogy Legendary Edition with all of the DLC and stuff, and that was a remaster, wasn't it? It was, and the other thing to keep in mind about that, and I talked about this in a video on TikTok, is that Mass Effect was all, all built in Unreal Engine mm. 3. Um, every single game oh. was Unreal Engine 3 versus Dragon Age Origins was in, I don't know what the, the engine is for that, but it was a different engine than yep. what Dragon Age 2 was built in, and then Inquisition yep. was very obviously built in Frostbite. I don't think they're going to want to rebuild. I hate Frostbite. I yeah. hate it so much. The fact that Dragon Age Dreadwolf is being built in Frostbite is the biggest gripe that I have yeah. ever. And and it's not even like their fault. They said that it was all like already established in Frostbite, therefore they couldn't go back on it or something. And that's going to be my biggest issue. I hate Frostbite. So... It'll be fine, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, they've done so much work on the engine so far. They're not going to go back and, and rebuild it in... They in, can't. No, yeah. everything's already... All the anchors are set. All of the foundations are built. They couldn't go back even if they wanted to. I don't think that's how it works. So we're just going to have to put up with Frostbite and, um, and see how it goes. I really wish some developer that has like three decades can go in and completely rebuild dragon age origins 2 and inquisition in unreal engine whatever the latest one is and make it work but i, I don't think it's ever gonna happen i don't think so either but that's okay we can we can hope and we can dream and until then i'll just cosplay zevran yeah if you like the 4k that <laughs> 4k experience. experience look our our cameras can get up to we've got we've got the technology we can make him as sexy as we can it's i'll <laughs> do my best <laughs> one of the other really fun things that came out in the last month is uh somebody tweeted give me your most useless dragon age facts and i threw this into our sheet in our rundown because i thought it was really damn entertaining to see mark epler yeah. went off with so many <laughs> extremely ridiculous facts about the game like for example the fact that when you're on a mount and you are dashing on a mount in inquisition you're not actually going any faster they just add speed lines to it <laughs> i knew it i knew it every single time people come into my twitch stream when i'm playing inquisition and they're like why do you never use your mount and i'm like because you don't go any faster i swear and they're like you do and i'm like you absolutely don't no nope. plus 
you don't get the party banter if you're on your mount. So I never use my mount. I use my mount to break the game and to glitch into places I'm not supposed to go and leave the map. That's mm-hmm. what I use my mount for. But I knew it. The second that I saw him comment that, I replied and I was like, I knew it. <laughs> By the way, I just want to give a shout out to Gil Durthalen, mm-hmm. um, who I believe is the one that put out this um, this question. So, hello, Katie, and uh, I hope you're I hope you're well. I'm yes. sorry that you're going through some stuff right now. I hope you're feeling a little bit better. All, all, all love and support go out to you. If you're not following Gil Durthalen, please, please go and follow them. They are a great follow on Twitter, and they also make some pretty amazing Dragon Age videos. So. Yes, they do. All about deep lore and explanations on the game and and other things and stuff. Well worth a watch. Fantastic creator, honestly. One of my other favorite pieces of of trivia that came out of this is the Iron Bull thing, where the sex scene with the Iron Bull was originally meant to happen in the Inquisitor's Tower. But because of the way that the Inquisitor's Tower is built, you have to walk upstairs to enter it. Spoilers for the game that came out 10 years ago. Um, But when (laughs) when you romance Iron Bull, there's this really great scene where everybody ends up walking in on you after you're done and it and bull is naked and it's amazing and it's funny um but uh they so they completely created a sex room basically (laughs) what they called it and and sex tower the sex tower and then they would have people walking in and out i love that one too i like whenever i uh, i play inquisition on twitch i like to go around skyhold and find where everybody sleeps Mm -hmm. um and that's bull's room so if you go up into the top of the tavern and then come off where cole um is standing if you go into that little room where there's the the double bed and then the two doors on either side facing um the opposite walls that's that's bull's room and if you look behind the bed there's a tiny little pie <laughs> just sat there just a wee pie isn't there a isn't there like a, a wayward pie in every single dragon age game if i remember right didn't they yeah yeah i, don't, I can't remember what the actual lore behind the pie is so there's a wee pie behind that bed in bull's room if you go all the way down to where cassandra is training there's a little alcove with um target dummies for archery Mm -hmm. and there's a pie sat on one of the dummies heads and if you load up your game really fast and skyhold hasn't rendered yet if you run headlong into solace's room and fall through the floor and hit the basement there's a giant pie (laughs) wearing a top hat playing music He's called the Lord of the Pies. I shit you not. You can see him. If you can't fall down into the basement, then if you go to where the kitchen is in Skyhold, come out of the kitchen into the courtyard and stand on the curved stairs and clip the wall to Skyhold, you can see him. He's just hanging out and he's the creepiest yet most awesome thing ever. I might cosplay him. <laughs> the Lord of the Pies is my favorite piece of trivia I have ever heard. <laughs> so the next time you load up Inquisition, if Skyhold hasn't fully rendered, run into Solace's room, fall through the floor, you're welcome. Enjoy oh the God. pie. Incredible. Get really close to him, he plays music. Oh, that's so incredible. <laughs> By the way, how is your Bloodhawk playthrough going? Because we, we kind of talked about this a little bit the last time, where you wanted to go through and play Dragon Age 2 again as a Blood Mage, just to see how different it is lore-wise. What have you found we out? Are... So, um, it's so interesting. Basically, whenever I play a mage or, or, or a character in Dragon Age that I like to like, I like to make a little bit of backstory for them so that we can roleplay them as a character, we can make all of their decisions based on their lore, and so far... 
Um, the concept for my my blood mage hawk is: what if I don't play a purple hawk? What if instead of coping with humor, my hawk actually listens to that little demon in his head, who's offering him the power to protect his family and all of um, the people that he loves and holds dear? But instead, it corrupts him, and he ends up killing or contributing to the deaths of all of his family. It's it's a doozy. So the way that I'm like role playing it is like every decision he makes. He's making it in favour of protecting his family, but he's also making it in favour of the little demon in his head, which, of course, for my own personal preference, is a pride demon. So I'm playing it very pridefully, and if anyone, like, insults something that he is passionate about, he gets very proud and kind of, like, brash about it, which means that I have been tapping on the red options a lot, which are really, really, really interesting to read. But the Blood Mage itself like the build itself is all about siphoning life from not only the dead but from the living around you so what we did is we pumped carver full of constitutions we had max like hp and then we just siphon him for like oh my god you're um, using your brother as a blood bag that's amazing and then the lore so like i did a little poll so my twitch chat voted on what outcome we wanted for Carver, whether he was going to die in the deep roads or become a Templar. So what we all established as the lore for my blood mage is that because he's siphoning his brother for energy, for like health, it deteriorates Carver so much that when he insists on coming to the deep roads, the blight takes him because he's not strong enough to fight it. So consequently, Hawk, who has taken on this blood magic to make sure the rest of his family doesn't die after witnessing his sister literally get crushed by an ogre, essentially weakens his brother enough that he kills him. And now he's dealing with that. And, spoiler for a game that came out 100 million years ago, Yeah, but... <laughs> When his mum comes into the picture and it's a blood mage that does that, it's all going downtown. And because of the choices that he's making as a blood mage, he hasn't maxed out any friendships, which means that depending on what he does at the end of the game, someone's going to die. Either Meryl is going to die or Fenris is going to die. And then depending on what we decide to do with Anders, Anders might die too. Everybody's going to die. And we're all sat there on Twitch. Like, I'm playing this live with my Twitch chat. And I still am. Like, I'm going to be playing it tomorrow night. We haven't finished it yet. Um, and we're all sat there in chat, just like, oh, no, we're doing a death run. <laughs> oh, God, this is so, like darkest timeline, most depressing hawk. Oh, yeah. wow. And the funny thing is, is that no one says shit. No one says fucking shit. Really? Like, obviously, if you make, like, a decision, like, if you if you choose one of the options, there's, like, dialogue for your characters and, and your, your companions that they bounce off each other. But if you're a blood mage, it's the same. Whenever you're a mage running around Kirkwall, nobody says anything anyway. Mm-hmm. When you're a blood mage, like, I haven't noticed anyone point it out. They talk about the blood mages in the cave and Hawk's just standing there, you know, like, pressing his fingers together, like, boop, 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 boop. They haven't noticed me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh so, man! But it's really fun. Who it's are you? Deep and it's dark. Are are you romancing anyone in the in the game, or is there? Yes. Okay. Now hold on to your butts. So my canon romance for me, Eddie, is Fenris, and it's very difficult for me to not romance Fenris. I fucking mm. love him. However, can you imagine a world where Hawk 
is a blood mage. He's talking to this demon, which incidentally, I have a pride demon OC that I cosplay called Ego. We've just decided that it's Ego. So I posted some of my cosplay on my new cosplay account. If you want to see it, I'll link it to you later. But Ego essentially is whispering in, in, in Hawk's ear. And then we go, you, you know that quest where you go into the Fade for Fainreel? Yes. Fainreel's asleep. And you meet the little, uh, I think it's a sloth demon or something. No, that's Origins. You meet you meet the demon in the Fade and you have to fight um, Fainreel's uh, desire and pride. And But if you take Anders, Justice comes out and starts talking to you. Well, can you imagine if you go into the Fade for that, Justice comes out and starts talking for Anders and Ego comes out and starts talking for Hawk and they hit it off. <laughs> <laughs> and they fucking love each other. Enemies, enemies to lovers. So ego and justice are dating. So <laughs> <laughs> Anders and Hawk are kind of like, we're going to try and do like a rival romance mm -hmm. with Anders and Hawk because it's really hot and I haven't done it yet, but I've seen it and it's really, really good. So Anders, it's going to be a complete enemies to lovers. Anders justice ego hawk romance thing which is going to make it even spicier when we get to the end and we have to deal with anders so literally i'm just building the worst timeline for this man this man is not having a good time we called him harris harris hawk you know like as in the bird yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 part of what makes it so tragic too is that it is all hawk's own doing all of exactly. it is Hawk's own doing versus like a traditional playthrough of Dragon Age 2 where all of these terrible things happen to Hawk, but it's not because of anything Hawk is doing. But in this case, you are actually causing it to happen to yourself. That is so yes. tragic. Isn't it? Isn't it just so deliciously tragic? And he's in complete denial about it, of course, because he's in cahoots with a pride demon. So whenever yeah. anybody like even remotely broaches him on the subject, he gets all prideful about it and defensive. Like, I would never, I'm, I'm defending my family. How dare you? And then the end of the game, it's either going to be no hawk and all pride demon. And the demon just takes him over completely. And he's just like rampaging and everybody dies. Or... There's going to be um, a little bit more balance and maybe Hawk still making rational decisions and stuff. We're going to see. We're going to see what Twitch chat have to say by the time we get there. But yeah, we're playing it again tomorrow and I'm really excited just to see how it goes in such a, a tragic way. It's, it's so fun to be able to play a game multiple times and yet never play the same game. And I honestly love building little characters, little story, little lore pockets for the characters that I make in these games. It's one of my old, it's one of my favorite things and why Dragon Age still stands as one of my favorite games, even today after playing it for so many times. I totally agree. Um, I've, I've played Origins so, so many times and it was specifically because of that. I, I, I did a playthrough for each and every single one of the, um, the Origin characters. Uh, I think except for the Dalish Elf is the one that I haven't done yet. Um, but, oh, you should. Uh, because you meet Meryl's clan and it's so good. Yes, yes. This was way back in, you know, ye olde times, Xbox 360, when I originally <laughs> played the game. Back in my day. Yeah, when I played the game in, in 2009, I wanted to get all the achievements for the game. So I did, I played through each of the origins to get that achievement, but I didn't do, I did a full playthrough, I think like four times and it wasn't, so it was the Dalish Elf and then the other one was, uh, I believe the uh, Dwarf Noble origin mm, those are the two that one. i didn't do 
uh, didn't do a full playthrough for, but I, I did a full playthrough for all of the other ones, and I need to go back and do another couple of playthroughs of Dragon Age 2 to fully appreciate it, because it's one of those games that you don't truly fully appreciate until after you've played it again, and you can see all of the pieces that the game is setting up uh, start paying off towards the end, which I've been noticing as I watch other people play the game again. I'm like, oh, that ties back to something that happens later. Oh, that's where that starts coming in. How everybody is talking about a serial killer in the first act. And then you're like, oh, yeah, there's a serial killer going around. Well, that's not going to come up later. And then it does. But there's so many little things. The writing team, oh, my God, for as much as that game destroyed lives and it absolutely destroyed lives. The writing team was on fire. And I'm so glad that BioWare is not that same company. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Because 18 um, months is a terrible amount of time to, to rush a game through. So Honestly, the crunch for two and the crunch for Inquisition are the worst things ever. Yeah. But I will, I will always defend Dragon Age 2 as being a great game. And it really is. You don't notice the crunch so much in 2 as you do in Inquisition, but it is there. But it's a fantastic game. And one of the things that I'm really enjoying right now is just gathering up all of the, the codexes because there is uh, so much... Like, if you play Dragon Age 2, the game that you're playing and the experience that you're witnessing with your eyes whilst you're running around and all of that, it's just a fraction of the game. Please, if you have the time, read the codexes. Read the Enigma of Kirkwall. Read the history of Kirkwall. Read all of these little tidbits that you don't get in any other game. Like the 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 whole premise that the city itself from above, if you look down on it, is a massive blood magic glyph sigil is fascinating to me. It just makes perfect sense for where it's situated. It's, it's gory, horrible, gruesome history. And just where it's built, like the the tags and stuff underneath it, that with the titans, oh, it's so much. There's so much I could go. I could honestly pop off about Kirkwall, and I will be popping off on my Twitch um, lives. Don't get me wrong, but seriously, give the codexes a read. It's fascinating the lore that you'll find in there. The other thing that you have to do when you're playing Dragon Age Two is go everywhere all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like you finish a quest, then go and hit up every single merchant and then go every single place. And then you'll find all the codexes, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, you'll also find all the upgrades for your party because they're all hidden in every single one of those uh, those merchants that you find everywhere in every single area, going to each one, hitting each one up. It was just the, the, the way you kind of got to play the game. And it's totally fine to play the game with a guide. Uh, if Absolutely. Are, if you want to get everything and pick up every codex, you kind of need to because there's stuff that's hidden in such small pockets and areas that you wouldn't think to look. So, yep. And I like to keep the guide to hand in case I forget something or miss something. Yeah. Because as soon as you leave an act and go into the next act, it's gone. Everything's you can't gone, get yeah. it back. So, just to make sure that you get it, it's perfectly fine. I, I, I play with a guide, I play with multiple guides. Dragon Age 2, so don't feel bad about that. So speaking of Kirkwall, uh, we did get a little bit more information about where Kirkwall was in the past, just prior to the events of Dragon Age Absolution in the new comic, The Missing. Now, what? we're going to do a full breakdown of each one of these issues. At the time of recording, there are two that have been released, and I did a real quick read through just before we started recording. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I need I need at least another another week or so to kind of go through and um, and break down uh, everything that we see. But there's a lot of information in there. And spoiler alert, Eddie was correct. In I was right. You were a hundred percent correct. <laughs> where Varric is going and why he is in the deep roads. So if you want to listen Yay. to our previous episode to get a uh, a bit of a hint as to what is happening but we're going to break down each issue as it comes out and kind of talk about how that fits into the general lore and how everything sort of works together in tandem and of course the next time there's a community update we're going to break that down too all things that are going to be coming up in the fade cafe and if you know someone who might be interested in our podcast remember to share the best way to share and support the podcast is through word of mouth why not get your dragon age friends involved as well and and and, uh, hit us up on twitter if you have anything that you want to contribute to the podcast or something that you want us to talk about we have um, a twitter account that you can uh, you can ask us on so why not follow us there as well follow us on all the platforms and make sure you follow unifade walker on twitch for all of the blood magic goodness (laughs) And make sure you follow Cafe3G on Twitch as well for all of your Bioware needs. <laughs> By Bioware needs, yes. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> you can't have Bioware without Bi. That's right, 100%. <laughs> we'll see you next time, friends. Have a good one and remember to come back for more. The Fade Cafe is a production of Cafe 3G and Unifade Walker. You can follow Unifade Walker at that handle on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and TikTok. Music and production by Cafe 3G. That's me. You can follow me at Cafe 3G on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review and don't forget to subscribe. Fen Harel Magellana Fenen. It is done. <laughs>